Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. I feel led today to, 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 to preach about problems. How many of you are going through a problem? Don't raise your hand. Because I believe that if we're really honest, all of us, all of us, go through all sorts of problems. Students have student problems. Young adults have young adult problems. Married couples have married couple problems. Single people have single people problems. Young people, young people problems. Old people, old people problems. Everybody has a problem. There's political problems, financial problems, economical problems, you know, problems with the environment. You name it. And, 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 but I want you to know that God also wants us to have the right response towards the problems that are in our lives and around us. And so if you're taking down notes, um, you know, uh, write this down. The, the title of my message today is called 99 Problems. Wow. 99 Problems. Okay? If you want to hear me talk more about where the inspiration comes from, we can talk after service. But I believe that today God wants to give us, you know, and bring us back to that place and minister to us you know, in our handling of problems around and in our lives, God wants to strengthen our emotions. God wants us to begin to see that even through our problems and in our problems, there could be a mission. And of course, God ultimately wants to use our victory and breakthrough as a connection. Amen? I know all these points rhyme, but they're not the three points, but they will form my three points in a while. Amen. You know, uh, 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 let, why don't we turn to the first passage of Scripture uh, before we, we carry on. And John chapter 16, verse 33. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to John 16, 33. Amen. John 16, 33 says this, right? Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Where are we to find peace? Is it in our money? Is it in our comfort? Is it in our possessions? No, it's in Him. In Him. When you find peace in Him, it is a peace that nothing can take away. Amen? Because the truth is this, in the world, you will have tribulation. Wow. How many of you want to receive a word of prophecy here? Jesus says, you will, not you might, you will have tribulations. You will face trials. Some translation says, you will face sorrows. Some translation says, but be of good cheer. Take heart. I have overcome the world. And what does this mean? This is God saying that, hey, my precious people, I love you, but despite that, there will be problems. And you facing problems it does not mean that God doesn't love you. Amen? Maybe some of you here, I don't know what you've been through. Maybe that, that you know, there is, you know, you love Jesus, but, but recently you've been hit by a problem. It could be a health problem. It could be a relationship problem. It could be a money problem. It, it could be, I don't know, whatever it is, it's a problem. And you're beginning to think that, that, that maybe this is a punishment from God. I'm here to tell you that your situation, your current situation is not a punishment. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, your situation is not a punishment. Because Jesus here says that, I love you and I'm letting you know in advance, just in case you get confused, just in case you forget, that you, despite being loved by me, despite me being very present in your life, and despite you having peace in me, you will still have to go through tribulations. And it's nothing to do with you, but where you are at. How many know that we live in a broken world? A broken world made broken by broken people. How many know that sometimes, you know, uh, when you go to, uh, I'm not sure, okay, maybe a wrong analogy, but I'm going to use it anyway, because in this country, there's not a lot of mosquitoes. But if you've ever gone fishing before, you know, and, and those of you who like fishing, again, I think this metaphor is losing some people. But, but you know, if you've ever gone hiking before, if you've ever gone trekking before, and, and you're enjoying nature, but, but, but despite nature being beautiful, there are still leeches. Despite nature being beautiful, there are still mosquitoes. 
despite nature being beautiful. So do you see, your situation is not a problem. Just because there are obstacles there doesn't mean that, that you are being punished. And, and, and God is trying to tell us that, hey, I, I, I've come not to give you comfort. Jesus came to secure our salvation and to involve us in ushering in His kingdom. And so what we need to do is have a right view of our problems. Your problems are, are, are allowed into your life not because uh, of something you've done or at least not always. You know, if, if, you, if, you, uh, if you recently lost your job because you've not been turning up for work, then, then maybe some self-reflection is needed there. But, but, but most, of, and, and, and usually we don't struggle with those things. Usually that leads us into repentance and go, yeah, 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 my fault, my fault. I, I should be fired. I should be fired. I would have fired me if I was my own boss. But it's usually the other things, the other problems and tragedies that happen in our lives that, that we don't seem to understand. God, why? Why am I suddenly the victim in this? God, how come I've been faithful and yet suddenly it feels that, you no know, parts of my life have been stolen from me. This is too much. And God is reminding us that, hey, I, I came here to secure your salvation, but, but I didn't come here to promise comforts. But I, I, I want to involve you in, 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 in being a healing balm to this broken world. And, 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 and maybe some of us here, you know, we, we, we don't like, you know, to, to, to see. Like, like uh, how many know that for a doctor to, 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 to save someone, to heal someone, they, they need to look at the wound. And for some of us here, you go like, I don't like to look at wound. Uh, blood makes me feel eek. And, and I can't handle it. I can't see it. And, 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 and sometimes that's our response to our problems. I don't like it. It's messy. Oh, it's disgusting. Oh, it's, 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 it's making me feel ill. It's zapping strength away from me. But God is saying that, but I, I want to use you to be part of the healing. And, and if you want to be part of God's mission to bring healing to this world, then, then we got to get used to some problems in our lives. But God says that, but don't be discouraged because I have overcome the world. So my, my first point is this, more problems, no problem. You see, the, the, the world wants to tell you there are more problems, more problems, but God is saying that there will come problems, but just because there are more problems in your life, it is no problem for Him. And, and why? Because He has overcome the world. Is, and, and this is so important because God wants to, I believe, in this first point, minister to us, heal us, speak to us emotionally. How many know that sometimes when bad news comes, the first thing it hits is our hearts? You know, you, 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 your bank could, could, could send you a bill for an overdraft. And while the reality of the overdraft is very real, you know what gets, you know, hit first? It's not even your wallet, it's your heart. Oh, my heart, oh. Right? When, when you hear a bad news, for example, if somebody comes up to you and says that so-and-so, the prognosis is bad, you have three more days to live. How many know that your heart dies first before you, the three days come? You know, do you know that? And, and God is saying to us that, that, that the world and troubles will try to rob you of your peace. But one thing you need to know is that I have overcome the world. Meaning that because Jesus has overcome he has overcome to the point where He has authority over everything. Therefore, don't let these things have authority over your emotion. I wrote here that, you know, don't allow how you feel to dictate how you respond. And, and, and what we need to understand is this, that God wants to use us, but, but there are far too many Christians that, that we are just paralyzed or crippled just with our problems alone. It's not that the problems have defeated us yet, but it's that our hearts have already given up. And God is saying that, stop doing that. Stop allowing, I have authority, Jesus says. I have authority over you. I have authority over all creation. Not your problem. Not your bank. Not your relationship status. Not your family. Not your boss. Uh, not your housemates, not your neighbors. They might try to steal peace from you, but I have authority. I have authority to see you through. And so rejoice in me, stick with me. So, and, and this is so important because this is the, the, the very foundation of what we believe. Those of you who, 
who, who wear a symbol of your faith on your neck, how many know that that symbol is not a comfortable couch? How many of you have a symbol of a comfortable couch on your neck? How many know that that symbol is not the dollar sign? Even though some of you might have that, no judgment. You know, as a fashion accessory, I'm saying, for, for Halloween or something like that. And, 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 and maybe so for some of us, you know, on, on our neck, it's, it's, I don't know, a fancy job. Or, or, but no, on our neck, if you do wear one, it's a cross. And, and, and it's, it's, it's not a symbol of comfort. It's a symbol of sacrifice. But it is also redemption through sacrifice. It is, it's a symbol of death. But it also speaks of resurrection. And so your problems might try to breathe death threats into your life. But don't let those things have authority and begin to say, you know what? No. And the only God can command me. If God says, I live, I live. If you don't believe me, ask Lazarus one day in heaven. Not the actual person named Lazarus. But I know that Lazarus was dead. And Lazarus did nothing. To, to, to resurrect himself, but all it took was one word from God because God had authority. Jesus has overcome the world. And so if you're facing a problem, friends, I want to encourage you, hey, that problem does not have the final say of your life. Jesus, who has the authority, has the final say, and He says to you, live. He says to you, I love you. He says to you that you are not forsaken. I wrote here that Jesus overcame so that we can overcome. And I also wrote here that He was abandoned. How many know that Jesus was abandoned on the cross? His friends left Him. He was without anyone, even God, the Heavenly Father, turned away. And in His anguish, He says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Knowing full well that it is because that He bore the sin of the whole world. But good news that the story didn't end on the cross only. The good news is that the story ended three days later when the stone was rolled away, where he overcame the world. And so I want you to know that he was abandoned so that we never need to be. Maybe your problems that you're facing right now makes you feel so alone. Like nobody understands what you're going through. Nobody understands your pain. Nobody understands your sacrifice. Nobody understands your anguish. Friends, I'm here to tell you, Jesus understands. And Jesus understands because if He in His weakest and darkest and loneliest moment saw through that and didn't forsake you, how many of you know that the story didn't end with Jesus going like, you know what, humanity, you're not worth it. I mean, just break myself off this cross and then jump back into heaven. But that wasn't how the story ended. The, the Bible says that He, despite, you know, all that He knew, what, the, the, the cross, despite all that, He looked forward with joy. Through the pain and suffering, He looked forward to the joy of what it would mean. And so friends, I want to encourage you. Maybe you're going through a problem. I want you to know that you are at the right place in the presence of God. You know, when we say you're at the right place, we're not talking about church membership or anything like that. You know, even though we, we love it when church grows, but you are here in God's presence. Why are we worshipping? Because God is here. And, 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 and it is in God's presence that, that, that you receive peace that surpasses all understanding. And so friends, you, are you going through a lot of problems? Do you feel like week by week, day by day, more and more problems are being added into your life? I want you to know that in Christ Jesus, it's not a problem. Amen? When you turn to your neighbor and encourage them and say, more problems, no problem for Jesus. Amen? And that's how God wants us to begin to approach it. God wants to heal us emotionally. God wants to strengthen us emotionally. Amen. Emotions are important to God too. You know, in fact, God has been talking about mental health for so long. You know, even before the world made it popular, the Lord has been, has been, has been ministering to people in that area. But now I want to move on to helping us look at our problems. Now that we've gained some emotional refreshing from the Lord, may we now begin to look at our problems in, in, in a missional way. You know, I know this Wednesday we'll be talking more about missions in our homes, so, so go for that, learn that, share it. But, but, but let this be a little prelude. Point number two is this. You are not stuck with your problems. Your problems are stuck with you. Okay? Let me explain. Because that might be a bit tricky. What I'm trying to say is this, that God loves you, 
And just because he's allowed some problems, some tragedies that we don't understand, and you might even feel like you don't deserve, and, and he's allowed them into your life, and, 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 and it might feel like they're stuck on you, but I'm here to tell you that those problems are allowed into your life, not so that you will be drowned by them, but so that in your breakthrough, you will begin to break the power of those problems over your life and for generations to come. Let, 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 let me explain, right? This is not just some thing that I came up with. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, God, God tells us that, that when men sin, the, the all of creation begins to fall under the curse. But now that Jesus has paid the price and, and in Jesus we have been reborn and in Jesus we have been made co-heirs and co-workers of the Great Commission, it is also to usher in God's new creation. In Romans 8.20, it says this, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope. I mean, for, go on to, to, to read. This is maybe, I hope I gave the right translation, uh, but the New Living Translation says this, okay? Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Maybe that was verse 21, I missed it. But it's okay because you're all turning to your Bibles, right? You can just read it, right? And so here God is trying to tell us that, hey, I saved you, I loved you, and now I'm sending you into the world. And while it might look like sometimes trouble finds you or, or, or you get stuck with them, but it is not to make your life miserable, it is so that in your breakthrough, others can receive breakthrough as well. You know, so, so, so maybe some of us here, you're Christian, you're born again, but, but, but maybe you're stuck with different things. You're stuck with bad habits. You're stuck with addictions. You, you, you're stuck with, with depression. Uh, you, you, you're stuck with whatever it is, and, 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 and you feel like maybe I'm not that good of a Christian, that's why I have these things. You know, but I want you to know that that's so far from the truth. You have these things, and, and the thing is this, and God wants to give you victory over them. And these things are not to tie you down, but these things are added into your life so that you can break the chains. Not just for yourself, but for every generation that will come. The chains that you break today will break the chains of future generations. You know, don't, 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 if you don't trust me, just, just look at history. You know, look at how even slavery was, was ended in, in the UK. The UK was the first European country to, to end slavery. And not only did they end slavery, they begin to police the ending of slavery. And, and they begin to even, you know, uh, go into the high seas, the international waters. And, and whenever they saw ships that were trading slaves, they would stop them and, and free the captives. And, and how did all of this start? It started with Christians. It started with one MP called William Wilberforce. But, but that MP who was also a born-again believer who read Scripture and realized that, you know what? Slavery, setting the captives free is, is something that Jesus asks us to do. And so how can we be, be, be putting other people into captivity for profit? But how many know that he wasn't alone? And he was, he was supported by many Christians, many Christians who also saw the injustice of their days and decided to say, you know what? Instead of staying silent, Instead of saying that, well, that's the status quo, what can you do about it? They decided to rage against it in prayer, in protest, and that led to radical transformation. And, 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 and that, this is echoed in the Bible too. Let's look at another familiar passage of Scripture that, that we also looked at last weekend. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 33. And sometimes see, we can feel like Paul and Silas. Lord, we love you. We're serving you. But, but how come our sacrifice ends in pain? How come our obedience ends up getting us thrown into prison? Is it because God is bad? No. 
they were not stuck there with prison. The prison was stuck with them. The prisoners were stuck with them. It doesn't take more than, than this. Let's read. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. After being beaten, after being whipped, after being wrongfully accused and thrown into the dungeon, after having their feet locked up in stocks, at midnight, Paul and Silas, despite their problems, they understood that God didn't throw them into the, 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 the prison because of, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to punish them for punishment's sake. No, he, they knew that God put them into the prison there for a purpose. There is a purpose in our pain sometimes. And so in, that, in the hope of that purpose, they began to pray. They began to use their voice to sing. And the prisoners were listening to them. Do you see this? Do you see this? Sometimes we go like, God, uh, uh, bless me. And, and, and it's, it's, God wants to bless you. But God also wants to use you to reach others. And, and there's this famous quote from C.S. Lewis that says, God whispers in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience. But He shouts in our pain. Because it is His megaphone to wake up a deaf world. And sometimes God will use your blessing but, but, but God is also master. Master also means that He's the expert. And so God is the expert. You might think that, I, I, I think I know how to reach my friends, but God is the expert. You might think that your promotion and your life of blessing will be able to point more people towards the goodness of God, but God is saying that, no, I can do it better with a problem. And, and that is why we need to begin to relook at the problems in our lives, whether it's a problem with your boss, a problem with your parents, a problem with, with your body image, a problem, a problem of, with your health, whatever it is. And begin to say, maybe, maybe, maybe God is allowing this in so that this can be a megaphone to tell of His goodness. And, 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 and what God is promising and instructing us is also not to say that, and I will guarantee deliver you out of this. He said that, no, no, no. Even in the pain, can you live in a righteous way? You know, were Paul and Silas singing because they knew what the angel was going to do next? No. They were singing. They, 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 they probably go like, okay, God, you know, you called us to this place called Macedonia. You dropped us into prison. I don't know how long we'll be here in prison. But while we're here, we're going to be faithful. You see, they weren't going like, hey, hey, Paul, Silas, come on, get the band going. You know, three, two, one, bam. No, 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 they didn't know. In other words, they, they, they realized that, okay, fine, God, you put us in prison, then that means that these prisoners are now our parish members. And so we're going to be their pastors. We're going to minister to them. And so let's start our midnight service. Let's just begin to preach. Let's begin to pray. Let's, 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 and, and guess what? It was working. Their pain, their, their, their wrongful accusation, their torture <laughs> caused the prisoners to listen. Why? Because God knows how to use the problems for His glory. The Bible says that what man, what man meant for evil, God turns it around for good. Do you know who was the first to say that? Joseph. Joseph in Genesis. And guess what? Joseph also had some time in prison. And, and guess what Joseph's faithfulness led to? It probably led to Paul and Silas going like, we're stuck here, what should we do? What point of reference does the Word of God have with people locked in prison? Oh, I know, Joseph. And what did Joseph do? Did Joseph grumble? Did Joseph give up his faith? No. Joseph realized that, hey, this prison's not the problem. In fact, this prison is an opportunity. And so Paul and Silas begin to say, yeah, wow, we're not locked in here with them. They are locked in here with me. They got no place to go. I can preach and they have no place to go but to hear. I can sing and they got no place to go but to be ministered to. Even if my singing is not on point, they have no choice but to listen. Do you see their optimism? They can only come from a place of understanding that Jesus has overcome the world. And so they sang and suddenly there was a great earthquake. It is says, and then, 
and then would imply that they knew something was up. But suddenly, out of the blue, out of nowhere, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Everyone, including the prisoners, whose chains were loose. You see, when they were faithful in their problems, was it just the chains of Paul and Silas that were loose or everyone's? Everyone's. And so you might be going through something, but everyone will be blessed by your breakthrough. Uh, Pastor, who is everyone? Everyone is everyone. Every generation that will come after you, everyone, everyone will stand to be blessed. Your family will stand to be blessed. Do you know, for example, if you come from a long line of, of, of parents or, or family that have gone through a lot of divorce and infidelity and, and it's tragic, it's wrong, there's, there's no two ways about it, but do you know that, 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 that in you lies the potential to make a difference and go like, you know what, I, I, I can't control what has happened, but I can choose what happens next and I choose Jesus. And I choose to say that, you know what, <laughs> maybe my uncle got divorced, maybe my mom, you know, whatever it is. But you know what, in this family, we're going to be the first family, uh, we're going to be the first marriage in, in this family tree that will change the course of that destiny. We're going to be the first uh, 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 family that, that, that alcohol will no longer have power over. You know, we're going to be the first family that, 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 that stops the abuse. Because maybe, you know, you come from a long line of, you know, this was abused, that was abused. And, and again, we live in a broken world. And, and, and God has put you there to say that, yeah, and, and, and if you can break through, you know, there are a lot of victims in your family. But if you can be the first victim to say that, you know what, I might be a victim. I might be, the Bible says, defeated, but I will not be destroyed. Amen? Why? Because... When these chains of victimhood break, they break for everyone in my future generation, in my neighbor's family, in, in my colleague's family. Everyone, everyone's chains will break. So let that be an encouragement. Because you know what? The scheme of the devil is this. The devil, in your problems, always wants you to feel like you are the only one. You are the only one dealing with depression. You are the only one dealing with addiction. You are the only one with a problem with lust. You are the only one with a problem with, with, with gambling. You're the only one. You're the only one. You're the only one. First of all, you're not the only one. Jesus has overcome the world. We assume that Jesus has also overcome whatever it is that you're struggling with. And in Him, in, 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 and, and this is what we need to do in our problems. What does it mean by the problems are locked in with us? That means that despite your problems, be faithful. Despite your problems, cling on to faith. And it is in your faithfulness that God will use to break the chains of your life that can also lead to the breaking of chains. So the devil will tempt you to give up. You know, why don't you just revert back to your old ways? Give up. The world is so bad to you that you, we must understand this, friends. All of us Christians, we all have a dark side within us. There is a dark side within us that wants to come out to play, that wants to revert, that wants to take advantage, that wants to get angry. And it's always tempting too when we are down and out. It's always tempting when we are surrounded with problems, but God is saying that, no, no, no. I know you're tempted too, but... Hold on to my goodness. Because if you can overcome this, you don't just overcome it for yourself, but you overcome it for more people than you can ever imagine. Yeah. Do you think Paul and Silas knew this? They didn't. But they experienced this. Amen? And so let's read on. Okay? I'm just getting excited. I am keep exposing as we are reading. And the keeper of the prison are waking from his sleep, seeing the prison doors open. Supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. 
when they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Point number three is this. Problems connect people. If Paul wasn't, and Paul and Silas, let's, let's be fair, co-share the credit, because sometimes Paul gets too much credit. Silas and Paul were in prison, but it was the prison that led them to be connected to the jailer. Do you think the jailer gets to have an off day much? Doesn't look like it. Because if it's not there, the prisoners will run away. Do you see how paranoid he is? The moment the, 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 the prisoners, were, 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 were the chains were loose, he thought, that's it. I'm losing my job, losing my life. They're going to hang me and my family. I might as well kill myself. This was a paranoid man. This was a person who, who was always struggling to be in control. And the moment of first sight that things are out of control, his world starts crumbling. Does this look like a person who gets out much? No. Does this look like a person who goes on holiday? No. In fact, he looks like a person who should go on holiday, but his job probably didn't allow him to go on a holiday. But you think God didn't know that? God did. And because of that, God says, you know what? <laughs> I love that jailer, and I love his whole family. And, and I want that to be hope for future generations. And so you know what? I'm going to send my people into the pit. I'm going to send my people into the lion's den. Because through their problems and how they are obedient to me despite of their problems, despite being wrongfully accused, they were obedient. They were not violent. Paul and Silas, they were not fighting the system. How many of you here, if God says, hey, I send you to do mission work, you know, I don't want to offend any country here because every country is precious to the Lord. But let's say you go to, I don't know, some fictional country. Okay, let's just go to a country that's hostile against the gospel. And you get, and, and, and it's great signs and wonders, but the villagers rather you up, locked you up. And then right there and then, you probably, how many of you would be Paul and Silas singing and praising? No, you'll be thinking, stupid Pastor Dave asked me to sign up for missions. No silly homes lesson. I'm telling you, this is all, this is all a trap. It's all a trap. God, no, I took by faith, God. You, you gave me the assurance that you're going to be with me. You know? You know, I, I, the confirmation was the song, called Ocean, Spirit Lead Me, where my feet, you know, cannot touch the ocean floor, something, something, you know? And, and, and God, that was my confirmation from you, but how come I'm here and I feel like I'm drowning? And, 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 and how many of you here, be honest, if you're struggling to go through all that, and then suddenly, bang, the doors suddenly all open. Ding, 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 ding. And your chains get, no, uncuffed by itself. Ding, 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 ding. How many of you here, be honest, will be like, this is a sign from the Lord that I'm going to be out of here. Why? Because if you don't see the prison as your assignment, you will escape as the first moment of blessing. And, 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 and this is where as Christians, even today, we need to be so full of the Holy Spirit. Some of us here, we go to a job and, 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 and when we got the job, we go like, praise the Lord, God gave me this job, hallelujah. And then the job gets tough. And then at the first sign of a breakthrough, Again, I'm not speaking directly to anyone here. If it speaks to you directly, it's the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm not on LinkedIn, so I do not know your, what's been happening in your work. But sometimes, you see this, at the first time, oh, my boss is so mean, and then suddenly, another job offer comes. Sometimes, as Christians, we take it, don't need to pray about it, just out. But, but what if the problem was your assignment? And what if the assignment was so that you could be used by God to connect with people? If Paul and Silas escaped, then the jailer would take his life. Technically, would they be wrong to escape? Technically not wrong because they were wrongfully accused. They did no crime. 
They were wrongfully accused, wrongfully beaten. In fact, they were, they were beaten. Do you know the beating is a punishment? You do not get punished before you go to trial. And that's why you read on the rest of the book of Acts, you will see Paul use that and make a big issue of it. Well, I'm a citizen of the Roman Empire, so I deserve fair trial. You didn't give me a fair trial, you beat me first, then lock me up. Then try to cover it up. But no, 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 I appeal to the highest court. And then when he go to court, they go like, why are you here? And then he preaches the gospel to the judge. Why? Because he saw it as his assignment. You see, many times as Christians, we, we can even be poisoned by whatever you call it, the, the blessing gospel, prosperity gospel, whatever it is. Well-intentioned people, I'm not here to knock anyone down, well-intentioned people who, who want to see people understand that God means to bless them and God does want to bless us. And God does want to increase your salary. Nothing wrong with that. God does want to heal you. But God will also not always heal you. And God will also not always increase your salary. But He does want to bless you. And the lack of increase in itself could be a blessing in disguise. Because that problem and your faithfulness in facing that problem becomes a way to connect with the people around you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And also, we need to remember this. You know, that God didn't come for our convenience. And we need to also understand this, that, that God really loves us and, and, and loves everyone around us even more than we realize. The grumpy person in your office, God loves them. So don't gossip about them. Instead, show God's love to them and use that as a way to connect. Use that as a way to be a blessing. Amen? And, and this is, I believe, what, how God wants us to process again. I, 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 don't, I don't know what you're going through, but I know that the words of Jesus says this, problems are going to come. In church, there'll be problem. Outside of church, there'll be problem. In your family, no matter how perfect, there'll be problem. But hey, the problems in itself is not the problem. Our response, that needs to change. Because if we have a wrong response, then that's when the problem goes out of control. What's the right response? Jesus has overcome. Jesus has overcome. And this is so important because sometimes it feels like the enemy has won. It feels like your dream is dead. It feels like, you know, you're crushed. But you know what? Hey, Jesus has overcome. He can resurrect. There's nothing that's impossible for Him. So more problems in my life, okay. Not what I want, Lord. But you know what? It's not a problem. Because I know that as I break through these things, these chains will also break. These problems are stuck with me. So as I break through, they will also be transformed. They will also be turned around. These prisoners are stuck with me. I'm not stuck with bad colleagues. My bad colleagues are stuck with me. I'm not stuck with, with, with unlovable family members. My unlovable family members are stuck with me because I'm not going to give up and God's not going to give up. And so it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Amen? And of course, we want God, of course, don't get me wrong. No, all of us here, if by choice, we would love to share the gospel using positive testimonies. Look at my healing. Look at my increase. Look at my breakthrough. Look, I got married at the age of 78. You know, different things. Okay, nobody laugh at that, okay. Because <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. No, we would love to use all this. Like, look, God has been so good. God has been so good. And, and He is good. But we must also be mature enough to remember that we are people of the cross. And ultimately, it was the cross that set us free. And so, God, maybe my problems are not just for me. And maybe, Lord, you can use my problems to connect. You know, we have friends in Malaysia, wonderful, wonderful people. And, um, you know, they, they have a family, but over time, they discover their children have special needs. It's a real struggle to raise up children with special needs. Real struggle. 
But now, God has allowed them to see that maybe this, you know, this is not easy. They say it's not like we're perfect parents. We still struggle. You know, struggle with different things. Oh, my, 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 my son will not be normal. Oh, we will not have a normal family. All, all these things. But you know what? But maybe, maybe this can help us to connect with more people because there are more people out there dealing with children with special needs. But you know what's the difference? They don't have Jesus. They don't have the hope of the one who has overcome it all. And therefore, if Jesus has overcome it all, then this situation that my family is going through, this does not have the final say. Jesus has the final say over this situation. And maybe this situation can be used to glorify Him. There are hundreds of Christians around the world today that are stuck in underground churches, being imprisoned. Countries like North Korea and the Middle East, even in my home country of Malaysia, pastors that are faithfully ministering to the lost can be made to disappear by the secret police. And are they alive? Are they dead? Nobody knows. But I can imagine if they were alive, you know what they will be meditating on? They'll be meditating on Joseph. They'll be meditating on Paul and Silas. They'll be meditating on the fact that while the world system and while the tyranny of the world has made me disappear, just like how they tried to make Paul and Silas disappear, but maybe even in this disappearance, maybe in, in this dark dungeon, there can be a purpose. Maybe there's a jailer here that I can minister to. One last example, and I'll close. There's this book called The Heavenly Man. It's written by a, a Christian from China who escaped persecution. Then he wrote the book. Um, Brother Yun is his name. And I still remember, it's, it's a book that I, I, I warn you, it's a dangerous book. Once you read it, your life will never be the same. Read it slow. I definitely couldn't end each chapter without getting on my knees and crying and repenting. And I remember this story where he was arrested for being a Christian in China and they were locked up. His whole church, his whole team was locked up separately and they were all in solitary confinement and they were allowed to come out to bathe or to clean themselves, I don't know, once a month or something like that. And, and again, you know, in prison, you can only imagine, right? Prison toilets can't be clean. And so once a month, when it was that time, they, they came, they said, come out, now do your washing. And, and it was dirt and filth and, you know, it was being used by prisoners all before that. And, 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 and he said that, and they went out and it was in the middle of winter. And somehow... He, he realized that, oh, it just so happened that today is Christmas Day. The day I get to come out and bathe once a month happened to be on Christmas Day this month. And it also happened to be where he met his other fellow prisoners and all them Christians. And they all somehow agreed to say that, you know what, today is Christmas. Yes, we've only come out and we've got a short window to shower. But this is also a short window for us to gather. So you know what? Let us all, because it's Christmas Day, let us all kneel down. They didn't kneel down in the grassy astro turf. They didn't kneel down in some cozy, I don't know, Japanese hot spring in. They knelt down in dirty, filthy. In fact, the book said that it was even on the floor there were feces or markings of feces, but they all knelt down and prayed to the Lord because it was their way of worshipping Jesus. They were locked away. Nobody there. Nobody there to see whether they behave as Christians. And the guard was going like, what are you doing? Get up now. If you don't get up now, you know, we will chase all of you back. If you don't get up now, you know, we will, we will beat you. And, and then... I don't know where the bonus came from as it come from the meditations of what the Holy Spirit did with Paul and Silas even in prison. Instead, boldness came and said, no, we're going to kneel down because today is our Lord's birthday. You need to kneel down with us too. And long story short, the God did kneel down and the God did give His life to Jesus. 
Do you see? We all want the blessing. We all want the fairy. We think that the world will be convinced by the fairy tale of our lives. Oh, I got saved. God bless me for a job. I got married. I had 2.5 kids. People always get confused when I say 2.5. It's just a statistical joke. And, 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 and then uh, we retired early. You know, marriage was great. Children are clever. All went to, one went to Harvard, one went to Oxford. And even the one that cannot study went to Cambridge. You know, like whatever it is, right? We, we think that that's the fairy tale because that's the fairy tale, the happily ever after fairy tale. But guess what? Fairy tales are not real. What the world needs is real. Real forgiveness. And, and how do you show real forgiveness unless you become a real victim? The, one wants, the world needs real stories of breakthrough. Real stories of redemption. And how do you get real redemption if you've not been broken? Again, I don't know what you're going through, but I want to encourage you. Your problem is not your coffin. And even if it feels like it, Jesus has overcome the grave. Amen? But perhaps if you're going through a problem, persist. Be faithful. Keep loving Jesus. Don't give up. You never know when. Paul and Silas didn't know when the jailer would find out. Brother Yoon didn't know when he would be released. But they believe that God placed them there. The problem was the assignment and the assignment was meant to connect people to the one true God who loves them. Amen. You know, can I just invite the worship team up? And I know it's not easy and I don't want to trivialize problems because all of us go through it and, and, uh, and all of it is different. No problem is too big or too small. Every, every problem, no pain is pain. And so I don't want to trivialize it, but I want to inspire you to put your hope in Jesus, to put your peace in Jesus. Don't let your brokenness rob you of that peace. Don't let your problems rob you of your peace. Let your peace be found in Jesus. And out of that position of love and trust, can I ask that you allow the Holy Spirit to help you to process your problems, break through and overcome your problems in due time. And even if it is not somehow not overcome, would you still show God's grace? Again, I don't want to be like insensitive or anything like that, but I just suddenly felt that the Lord just impressed this to share this story. There's this, um, there's this young man that, that I know in, in Malaysia and I had the privilege of doing life with him. And, uh, you know, a wonderful person and um, growing in the Lord. And uh, just due to different situations, circumstances, just tragedy after tragedy keeps hitting him. First out of the blue, his father passes away. And uh, it's painful. But out of that, I could see that he began to grow. He didn't let that death and the mystery of that death, God, my father loves you, goes for weekend missions all the time. How come he like that? You couldn't say goodbye. Car crash. But despite all that, he persevered, pressed on. Not too long ago, I heard that despite him trying his best, he lost his marriage. He doesn't know why, even until today, but one day, his wife just says that I, I, I don't want this anymore and just walks out. And they're a Christian couple too. And so, recently I had a chance to catch up with him 
my heart is just so broken for him and just wanting to be a listening ear and asking him how is he dealing with everything and he says that it's painful but I'm leading on the Lord and I asked him like how, how are you dealing with you know even this recent loss and he says that it's painful and uh, I prayed to God to heal but it didn't happen but despite it despite me knowing that my wife was going to leave me anyway I felt the Lord says that love her love her until the day she walks out love her like she is still your wife be faithful to her be kind to her pray for her even though you know that it's going to end What I'm trying to get at is that all the problems that we face is so different. And the strength to face it, it doesn't come from this, this preaching. It needs to come from the Holy Spirit. And, and, and when I heard this young person go through all that, it inspired me. His problem connected me to what true grace is. To what God's love is and again I'm here to tell you that the best case scenario God can move like how he moved in Paul and Silas' life and turn that bad situation around but in the worst case scenario God can still use it to move the hearts of people and point them back to him so why don't we all stand and let's look to Jesus and let's begin to surrender our problems to Him and say, Lord, take over my pain, my sorrow, my tears. All of it is very real. And God, I need You. I need You right now. Lord, even though I know what Your Word says, I still need Your Holy Spirit to help me connect the dots. Lord, I know that you've overcome it all, but I still need you to help me to realize that. Lord, I know that, 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 that I'm not stuck in my problems. My problems are stuck with me as a way to be healed and to be restored through my restoration. But God, even though I know that, help me to live that out. Help me to press on. So as we worship, would you just be very honest in your worship? Be very honest. If you need to just pray even in your worship and just surrender your pain to God, surrender your problem to God and ask His Holy Spirit to fill you and to give you peace that can never be taken away. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.